Thank you for listening to this week's message from Gateway City Church. For more information about Gateway City, check us out online at gatewaycitychurch.co. We hope you enjoy today's message. Once again, we'd like to welcome you guys here. Is everybody feeling okay right now? You excited to be here? If you're excited to be here, just, just let us know. Put your hands together. Yes, it's, so, like, it's okay to have fun in church. You can clap, you can smile, you can laugh. Church needs to be enjoyed, not endured. And so anytime we gather together for church, we're going to have a good time. And so, uh, so we're so, so excited that you guys are here. Again, Mother's Day. Uh, my mom is probably going to be listening to this message later this week on the podcast. And so um, she's not here and I'm not there. So, uh, Mom, whenever you listen to this, please know that I love you. Hope you're having a great Mother's Day. Please recognize that I'm a better son. Uh, then my sister is a daughter because we sent your present in the mail early enough for you to receive it on Thursday. So take that, my sister. Um, I'm, I'm the better child. But anyway, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so I love my mom. She's back home right now in Saluda, South Carolina. And so, uh, so, so excited that, hope that she's having, having a great Mother's Day. And so if you ever get a chance to meet her, which you actually will in June, she and my dad are coming to visit, you can tell her how amazing her son is. I would appreciate it. And it'd make her proud. Even if you have to lie about it, still make her proud. But, uh, but no, so excited you guys are here. Uh, as you've heard, we're in week three of a series that we call Trials and Trophies. And we've been talking about the various trials that we have to face and endure in life. And nobody likes a trial, and we're talking about how, how because we don't like the trials, we don't like the problems we deal with, we're talking about how we can actually navigate those problems, navigate those trials, and overcome them to become the people that God's called us to be and created us to be. Because I, and if, if, I'm, if you're like me, I would assume that you, you would love to know how to navigate and overcome whatever trial or whatever problem that you're facing. I mean, nobody looks at a problem and says, you know, you know if I never figure this out, I'm okay. If I have to deal with this every day for the rest of my life, you know what? I'll just be fine. Nobody thinks that way. Like, I've never, nobody ever meets a problem that they don't want to figure out, that they don't want to navigate, they don't want, they don't want to overcome and move beyond. No, nobody says that. Well, well I, I, that's not true, actually. That's not true. I actually, there is actually one problem that if I never figure it out, I'm going to be okay. One problem. Uh, and that's Legos. Legos. I, my, my, my 12-year-old son loves Legos. I, I do not. I don't share his affinity for Legos. Um, I don't know who invented them, but I probably wouldn't like them either. And, and, and listen, and it's a really simple reason. It's a really simple reason. And listen, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Have you ever picked up a box of Legos? On the front of the box, there's a picture of a truck, of a plane, of a boat, of whatever it is. But how many people in here know that if you open up that box, there's not a truck in there? If you open up a box of Legos, like a whole mess of stuff falls out. It's not a truck. It's not a plane. It's not a boat. It's a whole mess of stuff. And what it takes to put that stuff together, it takes like an engineering degree from like four different universities. You have to know how to read a map. You have to, you have, to have tiny hands because the piece is so small. You need a compass. You need to be able to have, you know how to weld. It's, it's, it's insane. And, and, like, and anytime my son Aiden wants to put together Legos, you know, I, I mean, I, I question him, are you sure? Is this really what you want to do is put together Legos? Yeah, Dad, that's what I want to do. And in 10 minutes into any Lego project, I'm looking for something else to do because it's not a problem that I want to solve. And I look at my son, are you sure this, like, you want to keep doing you, Would you just rather go outside? We could chop something down. We could burn something. We could be men, you know. This box is flammable. We could burn it. 
But yeah, I can't, I hate Legos. I run at the side of Legos. So if I never figure out Legos, I'm okay. But other than Legos, I want to figure out every problem. I want to figure it out. I want to deal with it. And I want to move on. Am I right? I want to right. And so, and so that, and so really, honestly, that's really what I want to talk about today is how do we navigate the problems and how we overcome the problems and the trials that we so often face. And last week, in week two, we talked about, we, we discussed how the, 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 really the first step to overcoming any problem that you face. And, and one thing is, one thing you got to recognize is you, one, you have to realize the one thing that all of your problems have in common. And the one thing that every problem that you've ever faced has in common is you. You are a part of every problem that you've ever been involved in. And so you have to want, and once you realize that you are the one thing in common with all of your problems, the next step, the, the next step that you have to take to overcome that issue is you have to own your part of the problem. You have to own it. Whatever, because, because listen, it's, you're never going to overcome any problem by, by casting blame on other people. You cannot blame your way into a better future. You have to own your part of the problem. And so last week we talked about you have to own, you have to own it. And this week I want to talk to you about, about you have to rethink it. You have to rethink it. And then next week we're going to talk about releasing it. And I really wanted to, I really wanted last week to start with an R because this week is rethink it. Next week is release it, but re-own it didn't really work. So we just went with own it, rethink it, and release it. So I want to talk about rethinking it today. And here's what I mean by rethink it. I mean that, I mean that at some point in every single problem that you've ever faced. And, and to be clear, I'm talking about the problems. I'm not, not I'm talking about the problems that that we are that we're often responsible for. That we had a hand in play. Because like listen, life is difficult and life is going to hand you a series of problems that this just naturally come. But what about the problems? What about the trials that didn't have to happen? What about the ones that were that could have been avoided had we made a better decision? Had we acted with more wisdom or more discernment? How do we navigate those? Because those are often the ones that are the most difficult to overcome. Those are the ones that are the most difficult to to figure out and to move on from. So how do we overcome those? And what I mean by rethink it is at some point in the middle of every problem that we've ever faced, we've got into the middle of it, and you know what? Tell me if if I'm wrong, but you've you've, you've been in this place where you're like, you know what? I should have known better. I'm smarter than this. What, What was I thinking? You ever been there? I said, what in the world was I thinking? And at some point in every situation, we've all asked that question. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I'm smarter than this. I know better than this. I should have known better. What was I thinking? Uh, Whenever my wife and I, we we had been married uh, for a year, and we went on vacation with two other friends from college, um, and we went to Destin, Florida. Love Destin, Florida. The man, Fort Walton Beach, the water is so clear. It's like 25 foot visibility. It's amazing. Um, and so, I, I, and while we were there, I rented a jet ski. And I, I rented it for an hour, paid $84 for 60 minutes. And Suzanne wanted to ride on the jet ski with me. And, and so, and that lasted about 10 minutes because I wanted to like jump some waves and I threw her off. And she said she wasn't about that life. And so, she wanted me to take her back to the beach so she could lay there and get a tan. And so, I had 50 minutes of just time to kill on a jet ski. In the Gulf of Mexico. And so I had a really smart idea. I said, I got 50 minutes. I could put my, I could put my back to the coast and just take off 25 minutes out and then 25 minutes back. Makes tons of sense. So that's exactly what I did. Put my back to the coast and 25 minutes straight out into the ocean. Never look back 40 miles an hour. Never look back. 
And, when I, and I timed it. When I got 25 minutes out, I, I just because I'm a genius, I, I got there. I let off the accelerator and just shut it off. Yeah, y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy because I am. And, 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 and it was at that point when I turned it off, I turned around and I didn't see any, I didn't, I didn't see any land. I didn't see, I didn't see any, I didn't see any buildings. And it was right about then that I said, 40 miles an hour for 25 minutes. I'm a ways off. And, 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 there was, and there was a fishing trawler that was coming by, and I just waved at them. And the guys on the fishing trawler just looked at me, and they didn't, they didn't wave. They didn't even wave back. They just went. Because they knew that there were things underneath me that were bigger than me and bigger than the jet ski that I was on. And it was about right then that I said, oh, like, man, I'm smarter than what was I thinking I should have known better. I could like this is this is this is I, I could have done better than this. What in the world am I gotten myself into? And thankfully, thankfully, I just I this is this is I don't ever don't ever do that. But what I did to get back was I just I just I just turned back around in the direction that I thought I came from. And I said, I'm just gonna make a straight line for it. And I, I made it back to I'd never been I'd never been so glad to see the top of a sky of, of a condo before ever. And now, granted, I, I made it back, and, and when I made it back, I was, I was about seven miles, I was about seven miles west of where I needed to be, but I, listen, I, I made it to land, and so, but like in the middle of that, what in the world was I thinking? And, and, and that's funny, but, but think about, but, in, but how many times have we, you know, like, like, well, I just, I just I, but, but I just, I just, everybody told me that he wasn't the one for me, but I didn't listen. My mom even told me that he wasn't the right one. She gave me a list of 12 reasons as to why he wasn't the right one. And I said, but mom, I love him. And she says, yeah, but, but what do you love about him? I didn't have any good answers. Zero percent down, no payment for two years. Seems like a great idea. But now that I'm in the middle of it and I owe all this money that I haven't paid for two years, what was I thinking? And we, we ask this question all the time, all the time, all the time. And what's crazy is that whenever we look back at those decisions that we made that led us to the place of what was I thinking, we look back at the decisions we made and the decisions that we made don't even make sense to us. Like we don't even understand our own decisions. Isn't that true? Am I right about that? We look back and we say, like, I should have known better. I'm smarter than this. Like what in the world was I thinking? And to successfully, to successfully overcome whatever trial that you may be facing, or to properly navigate whatever trial that may, may come to you in the future. And to prevent, like you said, you, you've got to ask that question, what was I thinking? But there's a catch to that question. If you actually want to successfully navigate those trials or those problems or those issues those face, that you face, you have to ask the question of what was I thinking? But the catch is you actually have to pause long enough to actually answer the question. You see, it's not just enough to ask the question, what was I thinking? You've got to take some time, pause long enough, and actually give a real answer that you can, that you can learn from. Or else, or else it doesn't matter. Because we treat, that, we treat that question like, what was I thinking? We treat it like it's a statement. You know, we get in the middle of a situation that we won't, we're trying to figure it out. We're wishing it would go away. What was I thinking? And then we just move on with the next thing, never really having learned anything from that previous situation you know what was I thinking wow you know oh but it's okay she was cute anyway you know what what, what was I thinking and then then we just move on to the next thing move on to the next problem 
And we don't realize, why am I not getting out of this? Why can't I figure this out? Why can't I navigate my way out of this? Because you didn't pause long enough to actually answer the question, what was I thinking with a real answer so that you could learn from it, navigate it, and move on? you got to pause long enough to actually give an answer. Because here's the thing. If you, I want to make sure I read this right. If you think the way you've always thought, you'll do the things you've always done. If you think the same way about whatever it is that got you into the current mess that you're in without actually giving an answer to the question, not only will you not navigate your way out of it, but the odds are that history will eventually repeat itself because you didn't learn anything from your first go around with that problem. If you think the way you've always thought, you'll do the things you've always done. And what I want to do today is is I just want to share with you a passage of Scripture that actually highlights the importance of this question, what was I thinking? I want to highlight the importance of it. Now, it's a passage of Scripture that I've taught from before, but I think it's such an important passage of Scripture that, gets, uh, that leads us to a place of becoming the people that God has created us to be and doing the things that God has called us to do that I wanted to revisit it. I wanted to teach it from a different perspective. And it's found in the book of Romans. And for those of you that didn't know, the book of Romans is actually a letter it was a letter written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote this letter to Christians who were living in the city of Rome because Rome was not a safe place for Christians to be. Like Rome was actually trying to stamp out Christianity. And so Christians that lived in Rome, they were living under the shadow of the Roman Empire. And it was a really difficult place to live if you were a Christian. And so Paul wrote this letter to encourage Christians and, 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 and this is really important for us to hear what Paul has to say because Paul has a very unique perspective on this question of what was I thinking. Paul understands this question more than you may realize because Paul actually lived with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame because of the life that he lived before he became a Christian. See, Paul, before he became a Christian, he was actually, he was actually responsible for putting a lot of Christians in prison. He was responsible for overseeing the execution of a lot of Christians who had done nothing but put their faith in Jesus. And so whenever Paul had this encounter with Jesus, recognized the truth of who Jesus actually was, completely changed his life. Whenever he looked back on his life, he had this perspective of like, man, what was I thinking? So Paul is the very product of what we're talking about today. So we really need to listen to his words and learn from his words. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give up your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Paul says, I want you to give your bodies. I don't want you just to give your mind. I don't want you to give your intentions. I don't want you to give it your Sunday for an hour or so. I want you to give all of who you are to God. And he says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. And whenever we hear the word sacrifice, we think about reading in the Old Testament where we think about animal sacrifices and things like that. But Paul isn't referring to a dead animal sacrifice. He's referring, he's saying, I want you to give up your bodies as a living sacrifice. Meaning, I want you to be a living, daily, moment by moment. Watch how I live for your glory, Lord. Watch how I live out the love of Jesus in front of people and serve people the way that you've instructed me to serve people. That I'm giving my life to serve you, God. That's what, I, that's, that's what Paul is referring to. I want you to be a living sacrifice. And then he says, and this, this, is, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform 
to the pattern of this world. He's saying if you conform to the pattern of this world, you're going to look like everyone else. If you conform to the pattern of the world, you're going to look and you're going to sound and you're going to act and you're going to think like everybody else. And so what Paul is saying is, is in other words, see if you can see this. He's like, he's like, like, don't be this guy. Can you see my gingerbread man cookie cutter? Paul is saying, don't be this guy. You know where it's just next, next, next. Next, we're going to put some different color hair on them. We're going to put some different color eyes on them. We're going to make this one taller. We're going to make this one shorter. But pretty much everybody looks and acts and thinks and speaks and operates the same way. He said, don't, don't be. Don't be this guy. I'm going to put him up here just so you can just see him. Does that work? Don't be this guy. He's so small. He says, don't be that guy. Don't look and don't think. Christians, I want you to be different. I want you to act different. I want you to think differently. I want you to look at the world, and I want you to look at people through different eyes. I don't want you to look at people the way that everybody else looks at them, because if you look at them the way everybody else looks at them, you're going to look down on them. But if you look at them the way that I see them, you are going to see the story behind that person's life, and you're going to recognize the value in that person's life. Don't look and act and think like everybody else. And then Paul gives some contrast. He says, don't allow yourself to be conformed. Because here's the, do you know how much intentionality it takes to conform? None. None. You can, just, you can just wake up in the morning, take a shower, go to work, go to school, and next thing you know, you're just looking and acting and thinking like everybody else. It takes zero intentionality. It, you, you don't even have to do it on purpose. It takes no self-control, no discipline whatsoever. Paul says, I don't want you to be that. I want you to think differently. And he, says, and he says, listen, he says, I, and, and, and in verse 2, he says, Don't, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. He says, be transformed. I want you to lean into your faith on more days than just Sunday. I want you to decide. I want you to make the decision to live for Jesus tomorrow and then the next day. I don't, want you, I don't want you to conform to the world. I want, you to, I want you to be transformed. So he says, in other words, he says, I don't want you to be this guy. Instead, I want you to be this guy. You see that? Autobots, roll out. You know what I mean? I want you to be this guy. Don't be this guy. Be this guy. I just watched Transformers last night because I knew I was going to play with this toy on Sunday morning. There. Optimus Prime. I mean, like, like, be, be, don't be conformed. Don't just be stamped out like every. And listen, let's be honest with you. Who would you rather be, this guy or this guy? I mean, you just answered that question, and we're just going to pray and be dismissed. Just answer the question. It's, just, it's that simple. Put him right there. Do you want to be, like, Paul is saying, like, don't be a conformer, be a transformer. You know what I'm saying? Don't be this guy. Be this guy. Don't look and think and act like everybody else. Actually put some thought into it and make your own decision for who you want to be and how you want to live and how you want to act. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you really want to conform? Do you really want to look like everyone else? Do you really want to think like everyone else? Do you really want to act like everyone else? Like you hear that and you're like, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to conform. I want to, I want to be transformed. 
Like, yeah, I want to be transformed. I want to, I want to be that. No, I don't want my marriage to go to the way of divorce like so many other people. No, I don't want to be old and, and, have, and have tons of debt to the point that I can't retire. No, I don't want to be that way. No, I want to be the kind of parent so that whenever my kids grow up and they leave, they actually want to speak to me on the phone and come visit. That's the kind of parent I want to be. I don't want to wonder why my kids don't want to be a part of my life anymore. I want to be transformed. I want to think differently. I want to think differently. And then Paul says, so so you want to be transformed? Let me tell you how. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do that. But in order to get our bodies to do what they need to do, we've got to change the way we think. We've got to change the way we approach the various situations that we find ourselves in. We've got to change the way we see our family. We've got to change the way we see our job. We've got to change the way we see all of our relationships. Change the way you think. See, it's not just enough to want to. It's not just enough to, to engage your will. You have to change the way you think about it. You change the way you think, it'll change what you do. Change the way you think and it'll change what you do. You have to change the way you think about it. You have to, you're not renewed just by, by because you want to be. You're, you're renewed by the, by the, you're changed and transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to be transformed by the way, you have to transform the way, you have to rethink things. And here's the thing, renewal basically means to restore. Renew equals restore. That's what it means. To be renewed, it, it basically means to, to be restored. Anybody in here ever, if you ever, you ever like refinished or, or refurnished or restored a piece of old furniture? Like that? Yeah, I haven't. I'm just wondering if anybody else had. I, I've, I've seen it done. I've heard about it. I like it. Um, I buy, I've bought some before. I've never redone it. Um, anybody, what, about, what about an old car or an old truck? You, you, you've been in the, yeah, I've actually done that. Uh, when I was in high school, my, I, I, bought a, I bought a 1963 Stepside Chevy pickup. And my dad and I, we actually restored it. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of work. But, but whenever you are restoring a piece of old furniture or an old car, an old truck, one of the first things you have to do is you have to grind off or sand off the old finish. And, and listen, and that process is not any fun. It's difficult. It's hard. It's time-consuming, miserable work. And as you're in the middle of it, nobody actually comes up to you in the middle of that process of grinding off the old finish and says, you know what, this, this, this looks amazing. No, they actually look at you and say, you know what, it looks kind of worse than it did when you got it. It looks, kinda, it looks, looks a lot worse than it did whenever you first bought it. And here's the deal. It's because here, and here's, and, and, like, but you have to grind off. It's just time-consuming. And, and, how, and a, lot of, like, a lot of people will ask, well, why are you spending all of that time grinding off all? Why don't you just go ahead and, and just, put, just, just slap a new coat on it? Why are you taking all of that time? Why are you spending all of the time, all of that energy grinding off the old? Why don't you just go ahead and like, put, it, put a new coat of paint on it? Put a new finish on it. And here's why. It's because, it's because if, you grind, if you don't grind off all the old first, what happens to the new finish? It peels right off. It peels right off. You have to grind off the old before you put on anything new. Or else the new won't stick. 
And so many of us, that's why so many of us have been in the middle of situations, the middle of problems, the middle of trials, and we've, we've made a new commitment. We've prayed a new prayer. We've made a new promise. And it's, well, you know, next time, you know, at, at my next job, I will. In my, in my next relationship, I will. And then, and then we've made these new commitments and we've made these new promises and only to find out a little way, man, it didn't stick, it didn't take, nothing changed. And why? It's because we didn't grind off anything old before we put on the new and the new hasn't stuck. The new hasn't stuck. You have to grind off the old before you put on the new. And the reason we fail to spend the time and the energy to grind off what's old is simply it's because renewal takes time. Renewal takes time. The renewing of your mind takes time. Time is your friend. We often don't think time is our friend because we want a quick fix. We want to fast track it. How many people have ever, how many people have ever, have ever, you, you wanted to lose some weight and you wanted to lose it quick and, and so, and like, man, whenever you first got, man, you hit it, you were, you, you were excited, you were motivated, you hit the gym every day for four days, you starved yourself, you ate nothing but kale and almonds, then you got on the scale after four times at the gym, and not only did you not lose weight, but you gained two pounds. And then right after that, because what you tried, the new thing you tried didn't work, next thing you do, you're looking for a tub of cookie dough ice cream. Or, or, you're looking, or you're looking for the hot and now sign at Krispy Kreme. And you walk in and you know what? Don't even bother. Just lay me on the conveyor and turn on the glaze. Just do that. There is no quick fix. There is no quick fix. There is no easy way. There's only the right way. There's only the right way. And if you want to do things the right way, the right way requires time. Renewal takes time. No quick fix. And if you don't take the time and spend the energy renew, like grinding off the old, taking off the old before you put on something new, the new will never stick. But Will, I've, I, but Will I'm all about it now. I've got the Bible app on my phone, Will. I've got it on my phone. I'm all about that life. Listen, I'm glad you've got the Bible app on your phone, but I'm not concerned with what you've downloaded. I'm concerned with what have you deleted. What have you deleted from your phone? Because see, oftentimes it's not what we add to our life. Oftentimes the most impactful thing that we can do is remove some things from our life. Renewal takes, you've got to grind off the old before you put on anything new. And then, this is the promise, if we would take some time to grind off the old... Before we put on the new, this is the promise. The end, the end of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, and perfect will. Do you want to know what God's will is? Take some time and renew your mind. Take some time and change the way you think. Rethink your situation, rethink your problems, rethink your struggles, rethink your relationships. Take some time, peel off the old before you put on anything new. That's how you're transformed. That's how you're transformed. Last thing I want to do as we close 
And don't get excited. I've got seven closes, so don't get excited about the first one. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to share with you guys as we close what I call seven lethal assumptions. There's seven ways of thinking that we often, so many people believe that they don't even know they believe it. And I want to share with you seven ways of thinking that, all, is some, listen, what, all, maybe for some of you, only one of these is going to be a speed bump in your life. Maybe for others, it, it may, maybe, maybe three or four of them. Others of you, you may not have any of these assumptions at all, but it's an example of the ways that we think that often get us in trouble. We, we take these ways of thinking into our future and it undermines our success. So I want to share with you just seven ways of thinking that, like, like you, you, may, you may have never said these things or thought these things out loud, but somewhere in the operating system of your mind, it's kicking, these thoughts are kicking out actions that lead you to a place of like, what was I thinking? And here's the first one. Here's the first one. If I find the right person, everything will be all right. If I find the right person, everything's going to be all right. No, it won't. Here's the thing. This is the, way you, this is the way you need to rethink it. If you become the right person, everything will be all right. Well, no, that, that, that last relationship that I was in, that guy or that they were an idiot. So all I need to do is just find me a non-idiot. Well, let me ask you, well, why were you dating an idiot? Why were you, like, what were you thinking? You don't know what you were thinking. That's why you dated an idiot. And if you don't rethink this, you will date another idiot. Andy Stanley says that, um, he says, in, in regard to this, he says, become the person that you're looking for is looking for, and you'll find them. See, you can't find the right person right now because if you found the right person right now, they wouldn't like you because you're not ready for them. You become who you need to be. And whenever you become the person that you're looking for is looking for, you will find them. The second, the second one is this. My situation is unique. My situation is unique. No, it's not. No, it's, do, you know why, do you know why doctors can diagnose patients? It's because they've seen those symptoms before. The reason prescription medicine exists is because doctors have seen patients with the same symptoms enough to come up with an educated guess as to what's wrong with you. Your situation, but here's the deal. Here's the thing. You are unique. Your situation isn't. But, but I'm going through divorce. So have so a lot of people. I'm going through depression. Confession, so have I. Your situation is not unique, but you are. You have to rethink it. Recognize that the unique, the unique thing involved with your situation is you. And whenever you begin to recognize yourself as unique, you will recognize yourself as special. You will recognize yourself as somebody that can be loved and is loved. You'll recognize yourself as somebody that's been created on purpose and with a purpose. You have to rethink it. The third one. Oh, I like this one. It, it's not right, but it makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. Here's the thing. I should probably know this because I'm a pastor, but I don't know if God wants you to be happy or not. I, I don't know. The, the, the person that we were, whose, whose letter to the Romans, to, to the Christians in Rome that we were just reading, he lived a miserable life, in and out of prison, beaten to death, 
multiple times. Yet he's the person that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, started churches all over, all over the world. We look at him as, as, as like a super Christian, a hero of our faith. I can promise you all those days in prison and while he was being stoned and beaten, I can promise you he was not happy. I don't know if God wants you to be happy. And here's the deal. If, and, and, and like, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, well, I, I, I want me to be happy. And that's all I got. You know, like, if you think God wants you to be happy, listen, like, you're making that up. Because that's not in Scripture. God says that He works all things out for, for our good. But listen, we're going to have to deal with some unhappiness sometimes to, to see the good in a situation. You have to rethink these things. And here's the thing. It's not right. So, so things are going to... It's not right. And so things are not going to turn out right. If it's not right, things will not turn out right. The fourth one is, if I only had blank, then I would be satisfied. If, 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 I, could, if I could just buy this, if I could just drive this, if I could just live in this, I'll be satisfied. Well, here's what I know about that. Appetites are never fully nor finally satisfied. You always want, have you ever met somebody with one tattoo? No. Well, you, you, might have, you, you might only have one tattoo, but you want another one right now, don't you? you, you might, I've only got, listen, I've, actually, I've only got one, but I've been planning my second one for a long time. I mean, like you, nobody's ever satisfied with one of anything. We always want more. Appetites are never fully nor finally satisfied. Go ahead and lease it. Go ahead and buy it. But just know, but just know if you do, you're gonna be you're gonna be miserable eventually because you may love what you're driving, but you're gonna not like you're you're not gonna like paying for it. You're not going to like paying for it. Go ahead. Like, I mean, like, but just don't lie to yourself and think that if I could just have this, I'll be fully satisfied. It's not the way it works. not the way it works. Number five, it's related to this. It's related to number four, but I owe is better than I want. It's the way of thinking that, like, nobody ever says this out loud, but it's in the back, it's in the back of your mind. I owe is better than I want. And here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Is that, like, you're like, well, you know, I, I want, I want this. But in order to have it, I'm going to owe money on it. So what's better, to owe money on it and have it or to, or to not have to owe anybody any money and just want it? I think we would all agree that it's better to want than to owe. It's just ways that we think that undermine our future, undermine our success. And number six, this is something that we think my secret is safe with me. No, it's not. No, it's not. Especially if, you're, if you live in my family because our, our version of keeping a secret is tell one person at a time. That's how we keep secrets in my family. As long as I tell one person at a time, I'm keeping the secret. But, you, you, but your secret is not safe with you. Your secret is not safe with you. It's a bad combination for any relationship. 
And here's the, here's the truth of the secrets are secrets are dangerous. Secrets are unhealthy. And here's what you need to know about secrets. Secrets seep. Secrets seep. And they seep into every valuable relationship that you have. And they will undermine the success of that relationship, whatever it is. Listen, you know, you, you know, you and your spouse and your alcohol addiction, that's a bad threesome. One of them's got to go eventually. You, your spouse, and your prescription drug addiction, it's a bad threesome. One of them's got to go. You and your spouse and your pornography addiction, it's a bad threesome. One of them's got to go. One of them's got to go. You will always be as sick as your secrets. And here's the deal. When, and people can tell when you're sick. You, secrets are never safe. Secrets are never safe. And the number seven, just for fun, sex will solve it. Sex will solve it. I mean, we're all adults. Let's just be real. Sex will complicate it. We often think with this mindset of if I, man, if I could just if I could just get him to, if I could just get her to, if we could just if we could just move in together, if we could just get married, that'll just solve all the problems. Let, let, let's let's listen. Let's, let's we're all adults. Let's just be real. Like listen, like how many times, how many times is is sex the reason for deception and corruption and dishonesty in in, in our relationships and in our world today? In our world today. Sex is not a problem solver. It's behind like a lot of a lot of deception and a lot of corruption. And here's and listen, does that make sex bad? No, it doesn't make sex bad. God created it, He invented it. It was His idea. In my opinion, I think it was His best idea. But whenever you take, whenever you take what God invented and you you take, you remove it from the context with which He intended it. It does not create good situations. Whenever you take sex out of the context of what God intended it, it leads to hurt, it leads to brokenness. But if, but if you keep what God invented within the context that he invented it for, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. You have to rethink. You have to rethink the situations that you face, you have to rethink your problems. You want to be transformed? You have to renew. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to rethink it. Like, listen, don't, don't be this guy. Stamped out like everybody else in the world. Don't be this guy. I don't know where that voice comes from. Like, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And whenever you can He's going to fall over. There he goes. Roll out. But if you can, so here's the thing. You want to be, you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to become everything that God has created you to be? You want to do all the things that God has created you to do? Don't be conformed. Don't be stamped out. Next, next, next. Just like everyone else that you see. Actually put some intentionality behind your life. Think about who you want to be. Make a decision. And be transformed by the way you think. And whenever you, whenever you change the way you think, it'll change what you do. So here's the question. What was I thinking? 
don't just ask the question and treat it like a statement and then move on not having learned anything pause long enough to actually answer the question learn something from it change the way you think and watch God do something in your life that you never thought was possible he's the God of the impossible he's the God of miracles he can change your life if you change the way you think with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you today and we're so grateful for who you are. God, we want to live a life that honors you. We want to be everything you've created us to be. We want to do the things that you've created us to do. But God, before we can do that, God, we have to change the way that we think. God, we don't want to conform to everything that we see going on around us. Father, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Father, we pray today that you would help us see things differently. Help us think differently so that we can become different. God, help, help us change the way that we think so that we can change the things that we do. God, by the power of your spirit, God, give us wisdom. Give us discernment so that we can navigate the trials and the problems of this life in such a way that we can actually be led to overcoming them. Jesus, today, transform our mind so that we can think differently, so that we can be different. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this room today and your first step to be being transformed by the renewing of your mind is by, is by changing the way that you think about Jesus, changing the way you think about God and if you're here today and you would just say you know what I've never actually given my life to Jesus so I can't think the way he wants me to think if I've never even placed my faith in him if that's you today and you just simply just want to you want to give your life to Jesus today so you can begin the process of becoming everything he's created you to be would you just let me know by just raising your hand I just want to, I just want to know so I can pray for you I just want to pray for you give my life to Jesus today yeah Heavenly Father we love you so much we thank you for who you are we thank you for all you've done we thank you for this time that we've been able to spend together God may we leave here forever changed because of who you are and all you've done it's in Jesus name we pray everybody said amen amen amen